I'm Marissa Donnelly, host of the Vulnerability Podcast, a podcast series focused on being vulnerable, being emotional, being deep, and talking about topics that people often shy away from. In this podcast series, you'll see stories of faith, hope, inspiration, darkness, frustration, and everything that really challenges us to speak to our human experience and to do so in shedding our skins and being vulnerable. Welcome back to the Vulnerability Podcast. My name is Marissa Donnelly, your host, and today I have Bruce Metzen on the show with me. I'm really excited to have him on just because he has such an incredible story, and especially in the current circumstances right now with COVID-19 and a lot of unsettling feelings and fear, he just exudes positivity, purpose, and confidence. So Bruce, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It, it's a, a exciting time to be talking, and there's lots to, going on, like I said, with COVID-19, and I hope some of my experiences can help your audience. Absolutely. Thank you again. To start off, um, can you just share with my audience what you've been through? I know you have such an incredible story, so maybe just starting from, from the beginning, from the moment you received what nobody wants to hear. Sure. Uh, back in December of 2013, uh, I was going to work uh, and I, my, my supervisor just says, you look bad. You need to go get checked out. And I'm, I'm like, to be honest, in the prior 22 years, I had never missed a day of work in my life. Now I hear my, my supervisor saying, you, there's something wrong. You need to go. And I said, I'll, after work, I'll go. And they said, no, now. So I went, um, got checked out and they did some lab work and and they said uh, uh, you know there's def- definitely something going on here and but they sent me away but they called me the next day and asked for some extra blood work I said okay and from that Monday of going to work to the Friday they set up an appointment with, for, with a hematologist oncologist and within the first 10 seconds of meeting with the with him he says, you have stage four follicular lymphoma. And, wow. you know, to go, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to hear those words is just, it's overwhelming at, at, at the moment. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that nobody wants to hear. And I knew something was wrong. And, you know, I hadn't been feeling well. And, but uh, the first thought that went through my mind is, I'm going to be okay. God's got this. I just believed with all my heart that it was going to turn out all right. I just knew that I might have to endure some difficult things. And, and he did talk to me about chemotherapy and other things I was going to have to go through. But just the initial gut instinct in my heart just said, you're going to be okay. And I just think it was the faith deep within me just saying, you know, you need to lean on me now. I'm here. And, and that's kind of how my journey started. Wow, that's so powerful. You know, we hear so often when we experience these traumatic things that our gut reaction is panic or denial or I actually just, um, I've been doing these virtual coffee dates on Facebook every Saturday morning and I was actually just talking about the stages of grief last week and how when we are hit with crazy news, like we react dramatically often. So to hear that being the, your gut reaction, that's so powerful. 
just well and it was it was quite advanced uh now a few about a week later i had ct scans and i had it in every lymph node throughout all my bone marrow so it was a quite advanced stage and it was just so for the doctor even he said this this is overwhelming it, i just knew that whatever i was gonna have to do i was just gonna have to endure something it might be difficult but i'm gonna do it a day at a time and eventually that clock's gonna run out to the point where i'm cured or uh, i'm i'm healthy again it's just a matter i didn't know how long that would be but but i would get to that point what do you think gave you that sense of peace Well, I've always been a Christian. I've always had faith. I'll be honest, I don't know that I I prioritized it, that I I lived it every day that I and it was that moment though that I just knew I needed something higher than myself. I I that through my life to that point, I was very goal-driven and always doing things through my own effort through my own pride, through, you know, thinking that I can will things to be. And it just hit me immediately. I can't do this without the Lord. I need to look to my faith. I need, that's my grounding. I need to get back to that. And that's how I'm going to see my way through this. That's really powerful. I really resonate with the whole goal-driven mindset. I feel like that's the type of person I am. It's always like, okay, you know, what's the next thing? What can I do? I have to accomplish this. I'm moving forward. And so often I get lost in that craziness and that movement. And I forget that it's not me that's driving all these things forward. It's who my God is and who's, you know, he has my back throughout this process. He's pushing me forward. He's making these things happen. He's giving me the encouragement and the endurance to keep going. Absolutely. Um, you know, because I went from a very healthy man to basically I was brought to my knees. And it just is something that you never see that happening to you. You know, and we take for granted our health. That's one thing I've learned never to do that again. You know, whether it's your, your mobility or just your overall general health, you know, you just cannot take that for granted. And because it is a blessing from God. And so I, I just, I, again, I knew I was going to have to endure it. And, and when, when the doctor finished his, his initial diagnosis of me, my first two things I said were, what's the next step? And when can we get started? I just wanted to start the process. I, I wasn't worried about what it was going to have to be. I just wanted to get started because I knew the sooner we started, the sooner I'd, I'd get through it. Yeah. I, I love what you said about how sometimes these painful moments bring us to our knees. And it really struck me because with even with everything going on right now, you know, it's so easy when we're thrown these unexpected moments to just feel like it's a punishment, right? Like, oh, I must have you know, not been a good enough Christian. Oh, I must not have been a good mom or dad or sister or brother. Oh, I probably didn't pray enough. Oh, I didn't, you know, so we make up all these things to try to understand and to try to rationalize what's happening to us. But sometimes I think it's actually all the time. I've, I've really, in the last few years, really kind of tried to hold on to the idea that it's 
not a punishment, but it's just, you know, pain is part of our path here on earth. And instead of seeing it as like, oh, well, what did I do to deserve this? And then even falling into the victim mentality, it's trying to get beyond that to say, okay, I, I don't deserve this. None of us deserve the pain that we go through, but we're not alone. Right. But I think getting there is so hard. So it's really encouraging to hear you say that God was working in you in that moment to say, you know, okay, I'm going to be okay. So what do I do? As opposed to like, you know, falling into that victim mentality or letting, you know, negativity take over to the point that we're, we're stuck. Right. I, I believe we're spiritual beings in a physical world because I think we're, we're created in the image of God and we all have a little bit of his sp- spirit and we're part of his family, but we're in a fallen world. You know, one day we will be in a spiritual world, world when we pass on. And so, yes, things don't go right in this world. There are going to be bad things that happen, even to good people. But God will see us through. You know, there's, a, there's something more than the, this physical world and the things that this world can give. And so I think to see beyond that, beyond that, to know that, yeah, we're in his hands. We're going to be okay. And, and he's going to see us through these things. And um, just to, to believe that, it takes the fear out of facing difficult things. When you just know that the Lord's with you, it takes away fear. Because as the good book says, fear has to do with punishment. But love takes away all fear. And, and there's so much truth in that because so many people are afraid in this world and, and they don't need to be if they look to, to the Lord. Yeah, I love that. I talk about fear a lot because I think in the business realm and in the business world, it's like fear keeps us from taking those next steps. It keeps us from pursuing our passions. It keeps us stuck. But if we remember that, you know, fear like pain we can't control it, but we can accept and we can lean on other other things around us, lean on our faith, lean on the people that we love. Then it, yes, it uh, makes it, we're not alone, you know? Right. And again, God doesn't cause disease, cause us to be sick. He doesn't cause the COVID-19, but he helps us to deal with it. And um, he will use those things to help us be better people to, again, like for me, it helped me to reprioritize what's important in life. It's not the job. It's not the income. Those things are important, but it got got me refocused to family, number one, friends, those relationships, um, letting people know that you love and care for them, saying those things that you need to say to people instead of taking them for granted. That's, so the difficult circumstances guided me back to what's truly important and it's your faith, family and friends and the other things are, are good and important, but they're not the priority. Yeah, that's really powerful to think about. You know, it made me think of this phrase that I feel like I see a lot. Um, it's about, you know, how pain, there's a purpose for pain or rather, um, you know, we can find a purpose to the things that, that happen to us. How do you feel about that? Like finding the purpose in pain. Do you agree with that sentiment? Do you kind of push back against it? Uh, I think 
pain helps you to, again, focus on what's important, which can lead to your purpose. And that's what happened to me. Uh, and because for years, people talk to me about, hey, you're a pretty good writer, and maybe you should write a book someday. And I was like, no, no. And I'd always just blow it off. And when I got sick, I started to think about my mortality. I started to think on a more deep level about my life and where I'm going. And it led me to writing my book. It, it incentivized me to like, wait, I have lots of things on my heart that I want to share. And so I thought, I don't want to leave this world without having done that. So it made me, you talked about earlier, not having the fear to, to try things and to, to attempt things in life. Well, going through the illness took away the fear of me attempting to share what's on my heart in, in the book because there were just a lot of things that were there that I, I don't think I ever would have done had I not gotten sick and, and realized that's important. You need to share what's on your heart. Yeah, I wish it didn't have to get to those points in life where we recognize that. But to some extent, I feel like you're right. Those moments, we really recognize what's important, what we value. You know, even with COVID-19, for example, I mean, that's something that's so relevant right now. And, it, you know, it's, it's an awful time and it's a difficult time and it's a financially stressful time. And yet it's also offered people so many wonderful opportunities to reinvest in their families and to find ways to be disconnected from you know their devices and really present with the people in their household or intentional about conversations or you know focused in finding time for passions in ways that i think our current culture and society we're just so rushed we don't make time for those things as much so it's not to diminish the pain it's not to diminish what's happening but rather seeing it on a, on a on some level as an opportunity just like you said you know finding a means of going through that pain to lead you to a greater purpose or a greater understanding of who you're meant to be right uh, i when i wrote the book again in my mind i knew in my heart because i i know i i believe in the lord that i i'm going to be okay I can pass away and I don't fear that. But another thing that weighed on me that I got to think a lot more about was my family and friends. What's on their heart? What they, do they believe? I, I want to be with them in the afterlife. I want to know that they know the Lord. And so, so I, it was something I, I, became a, I, I became compelled to do it. It just wasn't even an option. I thought, I did, because I, I had the time to sit, I had the time to write, and I just started to write things that were always weighing on me that I wanted to share. And I thought, I have to share this first with my family and friends. And then, you know, lo and behold, a publisher liked it and it gets published. You know, that's just icing on the cake. But I wanted my family and friends to know where my heart was so I could have that conversation with them. Because this is the kind, you know, talking about faith, and it wasn't necessarily something I talked to my family and friends about on a deep level. But I wanted to have that conversation. So to me, writing the book was a way to start that conversation. You know, I could just give them the book and say, "Read it. Tell me what you think." And and just 
because otherwise it can sometimes be awkward. You know, hey, do you want to talk yeah. about, you know, God? And they're like, no, I'd rather watch the game. <laughs> you know, so it's, so, so it gave, that was my avenue of doing it, you know, to start a conversation. So I would know that I tried, you know, because it, it would bother me a lot if I knew I didn't have that conversation. Yeah, I love it. I feel like that goes back to the idea of the pushing against the fear. You know, we're, when we're faced with those moments, it's almost like we have two options. Are we going to let the fear keep us stuck or are we going to, you know, push against the fear and be motivated to be perhaps braver than we've ever been? And hearing you talk about your story and how it kind of, you know, that moment forced you to be brave, but then you continue to make that choice of bravery. You continue to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, share my story. I'm going to start being more vulnerable. I'm going to reach out to people. I think that's, again, looking at that opportunity of, okay, well, where can I, where can I be brave? And hopefully we can all learn to do that, not only when it's crucial and necessary, but even more in our day-to-day. Yeah, I, I, my, by nature, well, in the past, I was always very quiet and, contemplative and to myself about personal issues like faith. So I, it wasn't something I naturally would just bring up and talk to people about. I would keep those things to myself. So it was a big leap of faith, for lack of a better way to say it, to put things in writing and put it out there. And I don't know if it was necessarily brave, but I was at a point where I realized that I had to do it, that this, this is more important than, you know, what job I'm doing or my income or how nice my house is. The personal relationships you have with family and friends and, and, and just building those and cherishing those. And, and th- I knew that's what's important. And, and I just, and I wanted people to know where I was in my heart. And it was, so it was just something that once I started, there was no turning back. I was going to complete the task. And I believe the, the good Lord was guiding, guiding me along the way. I love how you are just so willing, even in this conversation, to just openly be like, no, I, I, I did this. I know the Lord is with me. I think, you know, it's so hard, especially even, even as believers. Like I'm a believer myself, and sometimes it's so hard to wholeheartedly trust. Um, and I mean, I know none of us are perfect, so I don't mean to, you know, make you feel like you have to speak from the stance of, oh, I'm, I do that 100% of the time. I'm always trusting. I think for me, it's like I just had this conversation with a, a friend the other day of how I feel like God is continually teaching me the same lessons over and over, and it's all rooting back to control and how so much of my life I try to control in the sense of not like control freak, but just try to put my hand in it and try to make it go a certain way. Like if I finish all of these projects, you know, and everything is lined up and everything on my to-do list is taken care of, then I'm worthy, right? So it's all of these different facets of my life that I'm just trying to go perfect as possible. Um, and then over and over, God is, you know, messing things up on purpose to be like, hey, it's not about control. I mean, he's not messing things up on purpose, but he kind of comes in and it's like, Hey, it's not about control. So I'm relearning all these lessons over and over. And it's just really refreshing to hear you say with confidence that you feel like you can trust and lean into him. And 
it's even right now as I'm listening, like, yep, here we go, Marissa, this is another reminder of how important it is to really let go and let God come in and do the work rather than trying to make it all happen myself. Right. Too often, and I'll admit, in the past, I did this more so, we define ourselves by the job we do or by the car we drive or the house we have, the neighborhood we live in. That's how we define ourselves. So if we don't have those things, sadly, sometimes we think we're lesser. And again, God created us in his own image. He, we're his child. He wants to know us. And he wants to have that relationship with us. He wants us to look to him. I think we're all created with that void in us that only he can fill. And sadly, sometimes, and even for me, it wasn't until I got sick that I, I realized I, didn't need, I needed that hole filled by the Lord. No one else was going to fill it for me. You know, and that gave me peace. It gave me strength. It gave me joy. I realized that, you know, I'm going to be okay. And, and I'll, I'll put it this way. When I got sick, it wasn't, it, it was, I, I lost pretty much everything. Not only was I sick, I lost all my bank savings. I, I had to go into retirement savings, lost that. I had nothing. My, my mother had to pay my, my bills for me at, at the last point where I finally could get back to work. It, there was like eight and a half months where I couldn't work. So to be where all my, I had nothing left. I was completely humbled, yet I was happy because I, I was getting back to health. And I also, because I was so sick, I had to move back in with my parents. They were taking care of me. I couldn't do it on my own. So you want to talk about being vulnerable, being humbled, losing everything related to the COVID now? I know it's not easy. But I know it's like to have a nice bank account because I had worked 22 years and I, and I had saved some money. It was gone. Went to retirement savings. I never wanted to touch that. I had to go to my mom to pay my bills. And so it's like, and then I was finally at a point where I could work again. So I know what it's like to be just see drain away. And I just knew I'm going to be okay. It's going to work out. Something's going to turn around. An opportunity will come along. And find, uh, suddenly an opportunity came. Well, I got healthy enough to where I could work again. And, and eventually, you know, you know thing, I got cancer-free and it all worked out. But I was about as low as you could get. And very similar with this COVID. I mean, people under a financial strain, I know it's like to have nothing in the bank account. And, and not know how I'm going to pay the bills. And it's frightening, but you can't give up. You know, there, there is a way, you know, if you just believe and have faith. Yeah, that's really powerful, especially speaking to right now where I've just seen so many people say and message me and just, you know, express that they feel like they're at the end of their rope or they don't know what to do or they're just overwhelmed. And recognizing that you know like you said you're at the lowest of lows and when you're at that lowest of low it's again you know there is nothing you can do but trust and just allow God to work in and through your life to bring you the people you need or somehow arrange the finances or work miracles or just give you that sense of peace that 
it'll all be okay. I feel like people now especially need to hear that and just be reminded of that over and over again. You're, you're right, because to, to, to give it to the Lord, to trust, it doesn't mean you do nothing, but you give it, you give your worries to the Lord. You give, you give the anxiousness to the Lord, you, you know, and because being worried and driving yourself crazy isn't going to change a situation. It just tears you down, you know, so mentally just to say a way is going to come. It's going to happen, you know, to take that stress off of you, you know, because again, that tears you down physically and mentally and can even make you ill. And just to, to believe the Lord's got this, it's going to work out. And then you can get through these tough times. Well, in a manageable way, in a way that, again, more positive, just saying, because like when I, when I heard I had to start the chemotherapy and I, he said, I have to do 18 rounds of it. Well, I knew it was going to be brutal and it was, but each, I just took it a day at a time. I'm going to get through this day and I'm going to get through another day. And then I'm going to, so I'm not looking, Oh my goodness, what's going to happen in two months? What's going to happen? Three. I didn't, I just took it a day at a time. And maybe if I could give any advice to the people suffering with the COVID and all that, who are, take it a day at a time and don't don't look so far down that it looks hopeless you know and get through a day be positive for that day live for that day and before you know it you're gonna things are gonna turn around and you go wow it, it all worked out i love that and thank you so much for just expounding on that i think people need to hear that over and over i know i need to hear that over and over that we can't give up that we just have to keep going and and look at it, you know, if you can't do it day by day, do it hour by hour, do it minute by minute, you know, just really get through in pieces because as you continue forward, it'll eventually work itself out. It'll eventually get better. Things will eventually fall into place again. But I think when we're in the midst of it, we just feel so stuck or so afraid or just so unsure of what's happening. Um, but when we trust and say, okay, let me just get through this next five minutes, you know, then life becomes more manageable. Yeah. And things are, you know, things still might not go right. Like I went through the 18 rounds of chemo and I was cancer free for a couple of years, but then I had a, a lump above my left eyebrow and a lump in my left cheek reappear. And I had to do about a month of radiation. Now that's not what I wanted to hear again, that, Oh, it's back. But I just thought, yeah, okay, well, I'll put this at number one. I was relieved I didn't have to do the chemo again, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. That, when the doctor says, oh, I think because they're kind of close together, we can do it with radiation. So it's, it's kind of fun, ironic, I guess. I was actually happy I could do radiation. But also with that, there, there's less, less long-term effects, you know. And, and at the time, I was back to teaching, and I didn't want to miss uh, school. And it happened to be in... in uh, the middle of July when I started it. So I was able to start the school year. So, so again, it's a negative thing to have to start chemo or radiation, but it was a blessing that I, that I didn't have to miss school. And I, so I didn't miss a beat with that. And, but again, it's not what I wanted to hear, but it was just a bump in the road. And, and then I was able to continue on. And so again, so it's it, even going day by day, it's not necessarily going to be perfect, but, you know, it's just a bump in the road. You get through it and you keep going and you're, it will turn out. 
you know, you make so many good points there. Um, I'm glad you, you continued that thought because you're right. It's not just, you don't go through something and then, oh, everything's fine. You know, life is kind of this cycle of up and down and you might get through something and then boom, something else happens. And it's, again, it's not because you're doing anything wrong or because God's punishing you or anything like that, but it's just the natural course of life. And so not hoping that everything will be perfect, but rather, you know, knowing that every obstacle will make you stronger and will make the next you know, battle, next hurdle a little bit easier. Yeah, it's it's um, like even the steps I had to go through, like when I when the doctor, when I told the doctor, well, again, what's the next step and how soon can we get going? Literally says, you know what? Well, we have to do a biopsy of your bone marrow. You want to do that right now? Because he could see, I'm like, let's get started. Because again, to me, you face the challenge, you dive into it. Uh, and so literally, like, I don't know, about an hour later, half hour later, they got me on a, on a bed and I'm curled up and they're putting a needle through my hip, which I don't recommend you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Choice. And, but again, there I am saying, let's get it started. And in the middle of that, it hurt so bad because they're having trouble getting through my hip. And I never heard this time before, but I actually like whimpered, <laughs> you know, and they get, oh, oh, just hit me. oh my God, what am I going through? You know, yeah. and that was the beginning. But, you know, then I had to have a biopsy of my uh, lymph node under my arm. And, you know, there are a lot of things, but um, it, it was once the process started, I, I, I just kept thinking, well, I know I'm getting to the end of it. There's a lot of things in between, but I'm not going to let that discourage me. And even my first chemo treatment, uh, after about 10 minutes, they had to give two different drugs at two different times. And after about 10 minutes into the first drug, now I guess this is a first time just starting the chemo. And I'm feeling okay, looking around, thinking this isn't so bad. All of a sudden, I lost all energy. I slumped back into my, my chair. I, actually, I started to go into anaphylactic shock. And it's like a dream then. All of a sudden, nurses are running around. The doctor comes running in. They had to stop the IV. And, and it's like I'm just watching this. I can't move. I, I just like lost my air. I, I lost my energy thinking if I even tried to sit up, I knew I'd black out. And I'm just fighting, you know, thinking don't black out because I wanted to see what was going on. And again, so that's my first experience with chemo. Now, eventually they stopped, stopped the IV, put um, some uh, steroids into me. And, and uh, I don't know exactly how long it was because it was so traumatic on my body, but it, it just was everything not to pass out. And I, and I finally told a nurse, because my body just wants to shut down. And, and I'm like a little child saying, may I please fall asleep? May I please go to sleep? But I'm terrified to. She says, yes, you're stabilized. Let yourself sleep. And so I wake up two hours later and they say, well, we're ready to start the second drug. <laughs> and I'm oh like, my oh gosh. my gosh. You're like, no. But, oh. but again, that's, again, it, but you know, it's something I just had to go through and I wasn't going to, not continue the process if I didn't have a choice, but again, didn't want that to happen with the first dose. And so they're saying, well, we got to give you the same drug, but they just loaded me up with steroids, loaded up me up with a bag of Benadryl. <laughs> so I wouldn't have that reaction again, but yeah. the process continued and we got through and, and, uh, but again, that's not the way you want to start it out. 
No, not at all. (laughs) It's the end that matters. And they got me to, to cancer free and healthy. So, but again, it's it's not always going to be pretty how you get there, but you will get there if you stick, stick with it. Yeah. What a, what an amazing journey you've had. No, I want to go back to one of the things you said earlier about, um, you know, trusting the process and, and getting through it. You said, you know, we don't want to stand still. And I wanted to go back to that because I think it's so important to remember that, you know, we can relinquish our control and we can let go and let God come in and we can trust that things will, you know, figure themselves out and get better. But that doesn't mean we stand still. And I think that's one of the hardest lessons to learn, especially when we're in the middle of the pain. You know, our, our defaults, we want to run, we want to hide, we don't want to face things head on sometimes. Um, but your story is a really good testament to the power of, of moving, you know, trusting and faith in general. Faith is active. It's not just sitting there hoping that God will come in and intervene and make everything perfect. It's trusting that he's got you, but it's moving forward and saying, okay, I'm ready to battle this thing, or I'm ready to fight, or I'm ready to make decisions in, you know, moving my future forward, even if I don't know what the heck's going to happen. You know, it's not being still. And I, I felt like I really wanted to come back to that idea because it's, it's something that gives us an action, you know, trust and, and faith. Those are things that we can kind of hope to embody. And in the moment be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have faith, but the, the movement gives us the action behind the faith, which is the faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does because it's a relationship. It's, it's, and so God wants to know that, you know, we're in this together. So yeah, it's, it's not like you sit back and just wait for him. He's going to keep working behind the scenes, but he wants to, you to, be part of that process with him and by the, the steps you take forward and the positive attitude you put forward shows him that, yes, I know you're with me. You know, that's your way of saying, I know you've got this and I believe it by, by not, you know, by actively, you know, following through and in, in, in moving forward. So it's not, a passive thing. You're right. It's, it's, it's something you do together. And as he sees you take acts of faith, you know, he'll even continue to work more so for you. You know, it's so, cause you talk about sometimes taking chances in life and doing th- the things on your heart. And well, I think the Lord wants you to do that. You know, if, 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 cause I believe we're all born with a, a purpose and certain skills and things we're all different and unique but the Lord wants us to seek those things and, and to pursue those things. And then he's going to bless those things if we actively pursue those things. Uh, and, but if we don't even look to those or we're too afraid to try, then you're not going to get the blessing. Absolutely. And well, so simple, but so profound, you know, you know, if you don't trust and lean in, you don't get those blessings. So it's just a, a call to action really to remind us that, part of being a believer is stepping out in faith, especially when it's hard. Yeah. It's like with, when I started to write it, it just, it just hit me that here's your purpose. Here's something that you know, you're good at. You got all these things that you want to share. Now's the time again. So I had to actively 
start to write. I actually actually had to sit down and actually had to start the process. And once I started, I couldn't stop. And even when the school year was going on, it'd be three in the morning and I'd be writing and I go, oh my goodness, I got school in the morning. I'd get a few hours of sleep because I was so into it and it felt so right because I, I just knew this was the path. Lord said, hey, it's about time, you knucklehead, you figure it out. <laughs> yes, I want you to write. I want you to do this. And it, it felt right. And then it just felt, you know, that almost easy and it flowed and and so because I, I was going in the right direction. I love that. The idea that when you're going in the right direction, it just feels easy and feels right. That's such an encouragement to people who, you know, maybe are in a difficult path right now or just don't know if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. I think that statement alone just offers so much support that when you're doing what you're meant to be doing and when God's working in you and through you, it won't be so difficult it'll just kind of flow well i'd seen one time a good analogy is it, imagine being out on the beach on a very windy day well if you're walking against the wind sometimes you gotta lean into it and it's kind of tough to walk and you have things blowing in your face but if you walk with the wind it's easy mm. and it's just a matter of sometimes turning your mindset around and walk with the lord sometimes i think we're walking against them and we don't even know it just the reward that comes when you fully trust and say, okay, God, you've got this. I'm ready. Let's go. I just wanted to honor you for that. And thank you for sharing that confidence with all of my listeners. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause the one thing that I, I really want to make your listeners know is you're most vulnerable in this world when you don't know your creator. I mean, that's what my book is all about knowing your creator. And if you don't believe there's a creator, you're not going to know your creator. And that's what my book's all about. You know, it's about people will be shocked. There's so much science that, that disproves evolution. And I, th and I think evolution is sad because that means we just happen by random happenstance things coming together in the ocean and, so that means we have no purpose. We're just by chance beings. We just by chance were created. We just by chance evolved from whatever. And if you know you're created, and you know you have a creator, you'll want to know him. And that's where it starts. And that's what my book is all about. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I will put the link for your book in the podcast post as well. So people can check it out and um, reach out to you if they have questions or just to share their thoughts. Because there's... So many conversations we can have, whether someone is a believer or not, just curious, wants to know more. Just, um, I think having the conversations, allowing ourselves to be open is the most important thing. So again, just thank you so much for coming on and just speaking with such openness and confidence. I really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. I've enjoyed it. And again, if we can touch one life out there, it's all worth it. <laughs>